T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Consider a Hellas and what an American-style brewery would consider a Hellas. Well, let me just say I took a sip of each. I took a smell of each. I took a look at each. And um, first of all, they look very similar. They both have great carbonation. The head on the German one is better. carbonation. Uh, The head on the German one is better than the head on the Occidental one. It's just foamier and it's it's lasting the entire time. Uh, That's not surprising to me because uh, they know how to do their head over there in Germany. Holla, holla, holla. Uh, Smell, the German one, what is it called? Andex. Andex. The Andex smells really flavorful. And the Occidental smells very neutral to me. It's like, oh, okay, it's a, it's going to be a, a smooth drinking beer, whereas the 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 Andex, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of flavor in here. And they taste pretty wildly different, if you're yeah. asking me. Yeah. I did Occidental first. I did the Andex second. Um, I think as almost opposite of what the nose told me, the Occidental has a little bit more depth of flavor to it. It's a little bit better mouthfeel. Um, but the Andex, to me, almost reminded me a little bit of like champagne. Oh, like it kind of had like a little bit of like a light, the flavor was less in the sip. It was just more of like a light, bubbly, easy drinking thing. A lot of the flavor came in the nose more in that one than it did in the sip to me compared to the Occidental where it was flipped. So they're actually pretty different based on them being the exact same style of beer. Right? Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think the, I think something I like about the Andex a lot is how malt forward it is. And I think that that's probably, you know, a, a regional location thing. The 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 Hellas the the Edel Hell from Occidental has a lot lower of a malt profile. I think it's I think it's a lot brighter. I think the the Occidental is a lot brighter, a lot crispier. Um, I said better mouthfeel. I yeah, think that's kind of where I was going with that. To where yeah. the to where the German the Andex is a little heavier. Might be a touch oxidation, but I mean it. I, it doesn't say when this was made. I just know coming from Germany, it kind of gets the crap kicked out of it on its way over here. But but I think. What I'm seeing in the most in the biggest difference is I think American palates, especially when it comes to lagers, aren't interested in a heavy malt flavor like the Andex would have. And I don't mean like 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 a Dunkel has a more a richer malt feel, but not a heavier malt feel. Is is that making any sense? Mm-hmm. Um and I think I think the Andex has a heavier malt presence, malt feel than the Occidental. I probably tend to lean a little more towards the Occidental in my Hellas life. Um, but if you drop me in Germany and this is what I was drinking, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Are you? Are, do you feel, when you take a sip of the Andex, is it kind of giving you a little bit of that like champagne-y? Like, I see what you're saying about the malt heaviness, but it's almost like it's super light and like seltzery, and then you get the malt flavor. Do you feel that at all, or is that just my palate? I can get you. I see what you're saying on that. Um, it's definitely I mean, it makes me wonder if it's like slightly bottle conditioned. It might be. I you mean, know? it's just it, it. It just reminds me a little bit of that versus like the Occidental is like, yeah, I'm drinking a I'm drinking a lager, an American version of a German lager. So that was just the way I was looking at it. It it's very interesting how both of them are flipped to me. The smells and the and the tastes are wildly different in each beer, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, the Andex, 
Located outside of Munich, Bavaria, this famous brewery, part of, part of equally famous Benedictine Monastery, is located right at the feet of the holy mountain of Andex. So many monasteries making beer out there. Destination <laughs> of pilgrims since the 15th century. It's known for its spectacular beers and hospitality. That's not telling me what the beer is about there, people, but okay. I don't care. Hospitality, let's go. I'm just joking. That's a, that's a term <laughs> that looks anything, like If use. it looks anything like the little picture on the bottle, the little drawing, it looks like the sound of music. Yeah, that, that it does, actually. The Rolling Hills. Oh, it looks beautiful. Um, so you said you got some uh, notes about Hellas Lager you wanted to share about like the flavor profile or about how it's made. Or... Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's just it's all you know bottom fermenting, and it's using it uses kind of like more bitter hops, like a holler tau is what I is what I've been reading, and it's just it's kind of it's almost like Hellas has become this just kind of broad term. It's it's a little different than. Then a pilsner, it's going to be a little more mildly, like a little touch sweeter than a pilsner. Um, it may be lower bitterness than a pilsner. Um, but I think the whole idea behind this is this Munich style has created this Andex style Hellas, even though the term Hellas doesn't actually describe the style, if that makes sense. Right. It's it more, is, is Hellas more of like a region or it's, it's an more, ingredient it, it, or it's, it's a, let's see, it's a German word for bright, light or pale. Okay. So it's, yeah. So it's like a, it's, a, it's a pale lager. It, yeah. It's a pale lager right. to where I think what's interesting is I think what everyone's been going for and, it, and it's a lot less bready, you know, a lot less doughier than say a Pilsner, for example. But I think everyone has kind of decided that this lightly sweet malt forward touch of malt forward lager is the direction that a quote unquote hellas is going to go after makes sense uh, i think it's interesting then because when you think about the the american or even the pacific northwest hellas lagers i think most people don't know that it means bright lager right mm -hmm. when you hear hellas lager you're like oh it's going to be a german style beer it's going to be using german malts it's going to be mm -hmm. using um maybe even yeast brought over from there or any something like that so it's almost become more specific here than it's probably going to be in Germany. Germany is probably just like, yeah, it's a bright lager. We kind of do whatever we want based on where we're making the beer, but it's bright lager. Over here, it's like, Hellas Lager is Hellas Lager. That might be a good point. And especially knowing this town, you know, we have OBAs coming up and, you know, I know a lot of people are probably going to submit a lot of classic stuff like Hellas, Pilsners, Viennas, all that kind of stuff. I definitely think that we, the people that I talk to in the brewing community, that my friends and and coworkers and things like that. I definitely feel like we believe this is a certain specific way to make a Hellas to where I think you're right. The Germans might just be, I mean, I'm sure there's high ups in Germans that in Germany that are like, no, this is how you make a Hellas. But I do believe that in our community, it's kind of like, you know, Wayfinder saying, this is how you make a Hellas and Occidental. This is how you make a Hellas and Breakside. This is how you make a Hellas. And, but they're you know, all about the same. Frames doing the same thing. In terms of idea, right? I think I think base concept is very, right. very similar. Where it, And that's what I'm saying. Maybe in Germany, it's like, yeah, it's a bright lager. So it could be a little bit different here and there. We might use different this, different that, different this. I also don't think that. I'm just guessing. I right? also can't think of a Hellas off the top of my head that I don't like of somebody local that's made one. So maybe, well, we're, but just, maybe also, we're just in a point of just making a lightly sweet, you know, malt character, but easy body, crisp. 
it's possible german style lager it's possible i mean it's also one of your favorite styles yeah so of course you you probably haven't found a lot that you don't like because you love that style i know i was just thinking i was trying to think the other day i was like man i love vienna lager and they were like yeah but i had this one the other day and i don't really care for it and i hadn't had it i don't even remember what it was i hadn't had that one but i thought to myself oh yeah what are the vienna lagers you don't like Nope, got nothing. <laughs> yeah, but I also, but I think for my palate, where where I am and my knowledge and my journey of of beers, you know, nothing. I haven't had anything. I haven't had any style of beer close to the amount of IPAs that I've had, and I haven't enjoyed any style close to the amount of IPA that I enjoy. And maybe that's why I can be a little more critical of IPAs. Plus, I think they're just a little more broad in terms of how you can make it. To where I feel, as we were saying earlier, this is a little more of a design specific one pathway of how to quote unquote make a pills or make a hellas yeah well and any, any final thoughts before we switch over to our beer of the week i mean i i feel like we kind of talked about it all it's a to me this is a very simple easy drinking style mm-hmm. where it's not like i kind of agree with you and maybe this is just the 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 novice in in my palate and the novice in me as a beer drinker but when i have like the hell and i have the breakside hellas i'm like yeah, they're about the same. Yeah, like they're good as long as the quality is good. Mm-hmm. It's a flavor that you can drink quickly um, if you want to. You can also obviously enjoy it and kind of find any little details that you want. But it's not overly over the top flavorful. It's not overly complex. It is. It is an easy beer to get around, get your brain around. So for me, it's one of those where it's like I don't have a lot of extra things to say because I know that I enjoy the style. But I also am like, yeah, it's a hell of a lager. <laughs> <laughs> um, some quick, some quick German examples that I'm, I've got a list here that I, that I can read for you guys if you're interested. There's the Andex Hell. Uh, you'll want the green label, the Volbier, if I'm saying that correct. Um, and then there's also Hofbrau, which you can usually get at Prost. They usually have that on tap at Prost. There's also Hofbrau houses in this country that you could go to and get that. Oh, really? That. I went to Hofbrau House in Vegas. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to go to a Hofbrau. Um, a Spaten premium lager. If you've ever had a Spaten, that beer is awesome. You would love Spaten Optimator. Um, we should get you some of that. And then the Vine Stefaner Original okay. are some examples. And then in town, you know, uh, mo- I want to say most people that dabble in lagers are going to at some point dabble in a Hellas. But some package that I've seen, there's Helsner out from Berlick. Heater Allen has a Hellas. Um, the Edel Hell, obviously, from Occidental. Freem does a Hellas. Wayfinder does a Hell. Um, I'm trying to think. You don't see too many of them. You don't see too many of them, but I mean, I just named five or six. Well, Freem's is seasonal. Doesn't Bowie do one too? Bowie does do a Hellas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they can. I don't think they package it. They did for a hot second. I remember seeing it on a package once, but it's not like a regular thing. Yeah. I actually have a lager glass from Bowie that I drink Hellas out of. Mm. I drink lagers out of. I think it's because I was... Very fancy. I think because I was there one time and... They had Hellas, and I had one in that glass, and I was like, I want to take this home. They're they were like, like, cool, I'll go get you one. And I was like, no, I want this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one is mine. They're like, do you want us to wash it? I was like, no, I will never wash this glass. <laughs> do you realize that many, many other people have used that glass? No! No, only me. Yeah. There are many like it, but this one is mine! You come back in the next time, and you're like, hi, Hellas, please. And they're like, uh, sir, you can't do that. <laughs> in fact, we're going to take this glass back. <laughs> you're like, but no, it's no, it's, it's yours. It's it's mine. Oh. It's from Bowie. It's mine, but it's yours. I mean, we can... Give me my Hellas! <laughs> please. Anyway, this style's fun. If and... not, I'm going to go get a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa. Foreshadowing. 
I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, give this beer a shot. You know, I think this is one of the, as we've talked about in, you know, we, this has been an overarching theme of this entire podcast, not just today, but our entire journey through this, is this is a very, very approachable style to a non-craft beer drinker. If I wrapped this Edel Hell in a Bud Light jacket, I think there's people that wouldn't realize. That'd be pretty crazy to me, but maybe. People that drink Bud Light are kind of dumb. So, coming up next, <laughs> it is time for the beer of the week. I guess uh, I forgot that actually what you were bringing in. Uh, yeah. I, I just gave a little tease. It's not a pale ale, don't worry. Um, but uh, it is going to be from Sierra Nevada. Yes, and sir. you will find out which beer it is next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And uh, we already spoiled it, or I accidentally spoiled whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, I don't know what this wee stuff is. You got a mouse in your pocket? Duh. Um, I accidentally spoiled it with the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale joke, although you did not have to say foreshadowing. We could have just let it go. I suppose. So I'm going to say we, mouse in the pocket and you and I. Dang it. Both spoiled it. But it is a Sierra Nevada beer that we are doing today. Excuse me. It is not a beer I've ever heard of before. It That's is in because a, it's never been made. It's in a, well, the style was originally made back in the day, right? So it, it that to me is like, it was made, but it wasn't. Um, this is the 40th anniversary hoppy ale. Ale. Uh, and on the back, you, I was reading the label before we started. Patrick will read it to you once he's done pouring. Um, was that basically they said back when we started brewing beer, nobody wanted hoppy beer, but we wanted to make hoppy beer. So we uh, we decided to do it anyway, and now it's become a big thing. And this is basically a West Coast IPA from, I'm guessing, one of their original recipes that they used to do. And they're just doing a 40th anniversary edition of it. Probably modernized it in probably many ways. But it's still a, it's a West Coast IPA, which um, you know they're not necessarily known for at this point. But uh, I'm very, very excited to try it. Hop Forward beers weren't popular when we started brewing in 1980. But we loved them. And we knew that if we were going to open a brewery, we'd better make something distinctive. It's been 40 years since then, and we're still brewing what we love. This beer showcases the bold flavors and aromas of a classic West Coast IPA, intense pine and citrus, and I think this is important to note here, with a deep gold color and a slight caramel sweetness. Here's to following your passion into the next 40 years. I think what's interesting about that is if there's anything I know about Sierra Nevada, and if there's anything I know about kind of larger breweries, whether they're independent or you know, part of a corporate chain or whatever, is when you start making, when you start mass producing uh, hoppy beers, hops become really expensive really quickly. So a lot of them tend to be a little more malt forward. Take Apocalypse, for example, Total Domination, for example. Those IPAs, as we can air quote, West Coast, as we can air quote, uh, are very malt forward. So I think what I love is that they are basically telling you, like, hey, be aware, this has some caramel sweetness to it. That's how we made beers back then, and that's how we want to make beers now. And I've, I've be already had this beer, so I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess I'm like sticking up for it in a sense and just want to preface like what to expect when you're drinking this beer. Because I was going to say, before you got to that part, I took a sip and I was like, not as bitter as a West Coast IPA normally is, right? Yeah. And they're selling it as a West Coast IPA, but I understand the the process. And if that's one of the original things they did in the recipe, then cool. It's 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 less about being a West Coast IPA in this sense and more about being a celebration about Sierra Nevada, right? Right, and I think this beer... 
what I really like about this beer, I mean, A, I brought it in because it's a Sierra Nevada hoppy, hoppy beer for their anniversary. That's and, cool. And with what we do and our, our jokes with this brewery and, and our admiration and our love and the gold standard we set for these guys, um, I just thought, saw this on the shelf and it was like, yeah, it makes sense that this touches on our on a beer of the week at some point. Absolutely. So this is a um, great smelling IPA. I get a lot of the pine. I get a lot of like the foresty tree smell right right off the nose. The aromatics are quite nice. Um, it is very bitter quickly, and then that does fade into the caramel uh, sweetness right away. It does. It very quickly cuts it. So you're like, hey, there's the hops. Okay, bye. Um, I think this is a great drinkable beer. I mean, I, I don't really notice a lot of flaws with it, to be honest with you. Maybe it's just a little bit overly sweet at the end, but... They told you that, so mm-hmm. it's not like we can be like, oh, you tricksters. No, we, we should have. If you read the bottle, you know it's coming. And, and the, I think it's cool that they get to do this for themselves after 40 effing years. Yeah, I think I think it's got some really cool like floral notes. I mean, the citrus does come in on the back end, I would say, where the like the pine and the herbal floral, a little perfumey, um, as, as some might say, kind of on the front end. And then, yeah, the back end with the citrus. I wonder... And I, I just wonder this because I think this beer tastes really good. And I think the hop character on this beer is really cool. That, like I was saying about, you know, large breweries trying to make an, an IPA or a West Coast IPA in large batches is difficult. I wonder if they were just kind of like, let's make a good beer and not really worry about profit margins. And let's just put a good beer out there and get people talking about it again. Talking about Sierra Nevada again. Right. Not that we ever stopped. You know, I think they're, I think they have the benefit on the West Coast at least of being one of those craft breweries that we're never going to stop talking about. But this gets, you know, this rinky-dinky podcast talking about Sierra Nevada on a larger scale again. Or there's a 40th anniversary party at Bridgetown Beer House tonight where the owner's going to be there. So if you're listening to this today, get your booty over there and check that out. They've got it on draft and some other stuff. I think it's just a smart marketing move. If, in fact, they were just like... Screw it. Let's. I don't care what it costs. Just, just make, just make a good beer and put it out there. I think that's an interesting point because uh, to to kind of go against what you're saying a little bit is, do people really talk about Sierra Nevada, or is it just an old reliable beer that's always on tap? So in in that sense, to me, it's like this is a huge marketing hit where it's going to be like, hey, here's a special beer that's a, a limited release that it's going to be celebrating how long we've been in existence, an original recipe that gets people talking. That's the marketing. That's the buzz. Whereas like. Ex- excluding our rinky ding podcast, as you called it, the the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale joke that we do every every episode. I mean, do people really talk about Sierra Nevada? I think, or is it just kind of like we know it exists, we like their beer, but it's so old now that this is oh shiny, ooh ooh piece of candy. Oh, let's go over here. Let's go over here. I think the answer to both of your questions is yes. I think I think they are both accurate. I think we take this brewery for granted to an extent, but we're never not going to know what this brewery is. I mean, like, like how many people could do this? I've been to the Mills River, North Carolina location uh, outside of Asheville. And the only thing I have to show for it is some pictures. And I have a magnet bottle opener of their the Sierra Nevada kind of crest logo thing that sits on my fridge. How many people out there have one of those? Probably a decent amount across America. For sure. Probably a bunch of people have that. I think of Sierra Nevada every time I open a beer. Mm. And because of something like that, or we talk about, you know, when I can't tell you how many times I'll be out with friends and we'll be talking about stuff. And it's like, especially now with trends and we're starting into 2020, what do you think is going to be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, oh, I was talking with Quinn, a good friend of mine who's a brewer at Wayfinder, former Hopworks guy. He uh, 
was talking about, he asked me if I had that British pale or that UK pale from Wayfinder. And I was like, yeah, I love it, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about pales and how great pales are. And then sure enough, at some point it switched and it was like, yeah, like why can't people just make like a Sierra Nevada pale? That's what he said. And you're like, yeah, whoa. And they do. It's called Sierra Nevada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think the answer to your question for for both of them is yes. I think I think this is something that's like, oh, look, shiny, shiny, shiny. Um, and I do think there's an extent in which we do and have and will take this brewery for granted. I think it's, I think it, but it's not going anywhere. You can get a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in Beijing, Prague, London, D.C., and L.A. Like, this beer's not going anywhere. Right. That's not what I'm saying is I think that's the thing is that they, they are so entrenched in the craft beer world that unless something massive happens on their business end, they're not going anywhere. Right. I was with somebody yesterday who tastes this and he goes, wow. This is really good. I feel like I'm at an airport. <laughs> what? Because you get Sierra Nevada at like any airport, you that know? That is such a strange comment. Like, oh, this is good. I feel like I'm at an airport. <laughs> such... <laughs> I mean, I know some people like airports. I don't I don't hate them by any means, but that's a weird, like, that's not something you should be thinking about. Like, oh, I'm at a crappy airport bar in the middle of the walkway, and there's people bumping into me, and there's strangers next to me, and I had one beer option, and it was Sierra Nevada, so of course I chose that. Like, I don't want, I don't want that memory, but... If I had a layover for six hours in an airport and they had pale ale... Keep it coming. <laughs> well, Just keep it coming. Right. So uh, I will say they'll always be entrenched in craft beer culture, but I mean, take it for granted. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the case with a lot of big local breweries, too. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I always talk about Deschutes. I want to keep Deschutes in the mind of people because they still make great beer. Deschutes is taken for granted 100%. I mean, because I think, it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, I think that even, that even goes to some other things. Like, do you know, do you know what people in Chicago would do? If they had this much access to Breakside or Frame beers, they would lose their minds. That's all they dream about. And then we're out here and we're like, oh, yeah, Frame's good. Breakside's good. We even locally take some of our staples in this town, some of our most decorated, greatest breweries in this town. And we're like, oh, yeah, they're good. You know, like how long until Wayfinder? We're like, oh, yeah, they're good. Right. Instead of just being like, oh, man, Von Ebert's the place you got to be right now. Berlick is my jam. That's what we got to do. How long until you're like, oh, yeah, Berlick. Yeah, that place is good. Been yeah. there a thousand times. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I've done that with Freem on the shelf before. I'm like mm-hmm. looking for a beer for the weekend. Yeah, had it. Yeah. Had yeah, it. I had a Freem. Freem had it. I had a Freem yeah. IPA in a can the other day, and I was like, oh, crap. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? And you're just like, ah, stupid, man. Stupid. Right. Enjoy the beers that you that you know are there. I think we talked about this, this maybe like a couple months ago at this point, where we were like, don't just fall victim to what the popular marketing thing is right now. Mm-hmm. Go back and enjoy the old classics, yep. because if you don't, maybe something like that happens at Bridgeport happens to your favorite brewery. Yes. You don't go and enjoy your classics. So. Yes, that is the truth. Especially if you're not enjoying the classics and you're not talking about them and you're not helping that brewery evolve. Yeah, it's just so easy to slip by the wayside. So just... Still enjoy those and go, I mean, not that Sierra Nevada needs your help, but don't forget that Sierra Nevada exists, and if you uh, still drink it all the time, then good for you. Whoa. Yeah, we, well, we appreciate you. I mean, I do that with Breakside IPA all the time. You know, people love Wanderlust. It sells itself. I think the name is really great, too. And then it's like, hey, guys, I do, tell this to my staff a lot. Hey, don't forget Breakside IPA. Or like we do all these fun loggers now, and I'm like, don't forget Breakside Pilsner. I think it's important, you know, especially if you're us or Freem or, you know, even even some of these guys that that were that were really hot, really hot on the market two years ago and are still making great beer and still continuing to push 
Core brands. Core brands for life. Yeah, don't that's forget. keep you afloat. That's what people liked you when they started drinking you in the beginning. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Um, we are likely, well, I shouldn't say likely, we are efforting to do an on-location episode for next week with Ruse. That's uh, the goal. That is the goal. Uh, we need to make sure we have the equipment available as well as the time on, on the weekend to do it. So uh, if we do not do Ruse next week, we'll be doing that uh, in the very near future. I'm also working on Occidental as well. I ran into those guys and mentioned it, and they would they said they would be super jacked. They said, come on down anytime. Okay, cool. So we will uh, we will do those in the coming future. If not, we'll figure something out for next week. We haven't done a tasting room in a while, so maybe we can do a tasting oh, yeah, room. Oh, tasting room could be fun. If we don't go on location for next week's episode. I'll keep my, I'll keep my eyes out. In the next week or so, we're an interesting stock up. We're an interesting time of beer. I feel like because now that the winter is like past started, we're like in the middle of it. No longer is it just like, oh, look at all these brand new stouts. It's like we're starting to see some like. At least when I've gone, I'm like, oh, I don't need a stout now. I've had that for three straight months. Let's see what else is going on. I think yeah, I think we're in a little bit of a plateau right here, and then we'll start seeing. I think we'll start seeing session IPAs. And some pale ales start to come through as we get into March and April, and yeah. then you know crispy action back on again in full strength. But I feel like this will be a good time to kind of look at what's out there and has been for a couple of months mm-hmm. and pick and choose because it's not like this time of like oh all these new beers are coming out all at the same time. It's kind of excuse me, I'm seeing all these calendars come out from oh, yeah, the breweries. All the release calendars, and I'm like, that's this is the time of year where you can be like, I've seen this on the shelf couple of weeks but i've been having all these stouts but i've been wanting to try this yep. let's try this so i think it'd be, it could be fun to do that next week or in the week after I so a, i had a free mosaic pale the other day wow mm. super good still love mosaic super good my baby hop super good uh, so that's gonna do it for us today remember subscribe rate review wherever you find us we'll share the uh google doc of the beer of the week so don't forget to look at that and uh you'll either hear us at ruse next week or we'll be doing a tasting room so uh we appreciate you guys and we will talk to you then Trey says... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t